0: You're listening to Personal Rejection Letter, a podcast by writers with day jobs.
1: Names? Did they just heard our names? Yeah. This is Kelly here.
0: That was Dan. And today we have a special guest who, actually, you guys know our good friend Joe bonomo Say hi, Joe. Hello. I don't know that I'm a special guest anymore since I've already
1: either one of those mics will work. You don't have to I thought this out. was
2: the right one. uh I'm happy to be here. I don't think I'm so special though because I've I've already been here, but
1: you're slightly less you're slightly less special yeah. but uh the event itself is special because at the moment we're at a bar we're At uh should we say where we are I and mean, yeah, not paid totally, for this yeah. okay we're at the front street uh freight house brewery location yeah. Look, we are looking at the miss you got three young writers handsome writers not us but we're next to them right. looking at the Mississippi River looking at a ballpark drinking beer and talking to you America well, baseball, baseball and writing,
0: and uh, we're just, it's a strange thing. We're all writers, and we all love baseball, and we're not the only ones, it seems. Um, I should also say something about Front Street Brewery. It's under different ownership now, but they donated a free keg of beer to my launch of my book. Oh, eh? that's wonderful. Just, I asked him about it. I was hoping to get a little discount because I was a regular customer. He's like, not nah, not taking your money. They delivered the keg with the kegerator to the launch place. I remember Picked that. it up. Um,
1: we had to get our own cups though.
0: Yeah, that's true, fuckers, man. <laughs> well, and some new people bought it, and so. But the the guy that uh, that first uh, founded the the brewery made a lot of money late in his in his life and late in his career, and he became a consultant for small breweries. So he was like traveling around and heard setting about up. Yeah, and uh, then they made a bunch of money, sold their their businesses, he and his wife, and moved to Arizona or New Mexico, it's, something it, like it's,
2: that. It's maybe a little late, but did you try and get that same sweet deal for this podcast or no? <laughs> no, no. No kegs. No, no, no kegs,
1: kegs. Sadly. It's a real craft beer. Uh, I mean, that's the craft beer dream story that you, you get in, you get in early. I mean, kind of, we're doing this with podcasting, we got in early. We're making yeah. our money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, sleep number is actually buying my new house. And then and then we get out. And then we get out. But we are here with uh, Professor Bonomo because we're here to talk about baseball. And Joe is a noted baseball. Have you, are you noted for? No. Well, you will be noted because he's writing a book. Can we say this? Sure, what, you you, you, we've talked, talked about it last time. time. Yeah, he's writing a book on Roger Angel. And by the way, how much progress have you made since we last?
2: I'm probably, oh, since we last spoke, I, I'm tinkering here and there, you know, pitching in on the weekends mostly. But I would say I'm probably, as we speak, three-quarters of the way done with the book.
1: And so what do you think, like, Roger Angel has meant to baseball as literature, contemporary? He's meant everything as far as I'm concerned. I mean, there's nobody who it's has. our listeners who he is. Roger
2: Angel is, has been, still does, but has, has been, been writing. No, no, he's not a has he's been He's been writing about baseball for the New Yorker since 1962 wow. when the then New Yorker editor William Sean sent him to spring training in Florida to report on the inaugural New York Mets season. Angel was 41 and had been a, had been a fan of baseball since he was a kid, grew up at the Polo Grounds and the Yankee Stadium games and uh, he was a little bit dubious about it, he didn't, wasn't sure exactly what he would do but he went down he decided to write just from the perspective of a fan. So he sat in the bleachers in, the spring, in spring training and wrote about the first New York Mets spring training, and he's been writing about baseball for the New Yorker ever since. Wow. Nobody has his, his through line in baseball. He's, he, he watched Babe Ruth hit a home run, wow. and he live-blogged the uh, last the Cubs' World Series victory last year.
1: Does he have an affinity uh, with the Mets because of that, because of his history with the Mets? Yeah, he does.
2: He loves the Mets because of that, yeah. I mean He was a, he was a huge g- Giants fan. And kind of continued to follow them once they moved to San Francisco. But once the Mets came, uh, they became his—you know the team that he loved. And also the Red Sox because that was his mother's favorite team. Yeah,
1: it, it is funny. Like, I remember when my team, the Chicago White Sox, won the, won the World Series in 2005. And as you guys know, the World Series is, is about as good as you get in baseball. And uh, the fir- it's one of the better ones. It's one of the. It's best one, one of the bigger games. Yeah. yeah, and if you win that, you're pretty good. And I just remember thinking, I can't wait to see what the New Yorker says about it. And that was Angel, and he wrote that article. And back then, I don't think I think now they're just putting it online, or he probably not doing it anymore. But back then, it was still in the magazine in
2: 2005. Yeah, I remember reading that too. The last World Series, piece he wrote that appeared in the actual print mag. Oh, look at the cute duck. You really should describe. It. I'm adding some local color here. We're by the Mississippi River, and it's a cute duck walk waddling, right? That's what they do. Waddling by. Yeah. Adorable.
1: And that's not a put down if it's a duck.
2: No, it's it's an accurate it's an accurate description. I believe the last World Series piece he wrote that appeared in the Print Mag was the 2009 World Series. Okay. Yankees over the Phillies, I'm thinking. I can't re- quite remember.
1: 2009? Yeah. I don't remember. Let's yeah. make sure this is running. Okay, good. Um Great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, here's me, Kelly to speak. Your, but I just want to say, like, ask Kelly how the Angels did in two thousand five. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Well, I thought that I
0: sh- I reason? needed to. Yeah, I'm the Angels is my team. I'm from Southern California, and they were the anti-Dodgers. You know, you know, you want to go small market and the big A, the big A, and um, the White Sox would not have won the World Series without um, their best player, A.J. Piershitsky. And A. J. Piershitsky, yeah, Pier- yeah. I, I think that's how you pronounce that name. It's foreign, I'm, you know. I'm, I get confused, well, and uh, I, yeah. As a guest, <laughs> I don't feel I should correct the host. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I mean, hey, I just you can look it up on Wikipedia or something, and uh, but uh, but yeah, I don't know. I maybe this po- maybe this episode is done right now. I, I think it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and knowing
1: the rules really helped AJ's game. That was good. Yes, yes, that's,
0: Yeah, right. Exactly. I don't know about knowing the rules. I think it would. No. Okay. Here's something I, I saw him. It
2: was a dropped strike, and he ran to first. That sounds like the rules oh, to me. Yeah. I'm sorry. It was. A, it was a dropped
0: strike three, as I recall. Right. And and uh, alertly, AJ ran to first. That sounds like the rules. Not correct. Should have been an error. No. It was a low he pitch. Won. It was a low pitch. The catcher caught it. The guy called him out. The, the home plate umpire called him out. You are out. The catcher and A.J. was walking toward the dugout. You're exaggerating. The, he was not walking. He made a gesture toward the dugout. The, ge- the catcher rolled it up toward toward the pitcher mound. A.J. turns around starts running up the, up the line. And there's like 10 minutes of arguing. The ump is just confused and embarrassed and didn't know what to do. And...
1: Oh, that's oh, yeah. the singer, that, that's Dave Edmonds. Yeah. It was Eddings or something, Dave Eddings. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, right. he ended up on first base. He, you can't do that by yourself. You got to have a whole uh, a village. A whole village behind you. <laughs> yep. It takes a village to steal first <laughs> when you're We're out. <laughs>
0: well, and here's right. I want to yeah. change the topic if you guys don't mind, because um, you know, that's that's a long time ago. Um, the uh, the question I have that I want to start with, and the question I ask myself is. Uh, Why do writers like baseball so much? And also, do writers like baseball? So, is that just has that just become a cultural meme in that since the 1950s? Right on, man. Some folks are coming by and fans of the podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that guy just said PRL. PRL. (laughs) And he did a fist pump. Um, The. Yeah. Is it is it a 1950s kind of quaint idea or is there something inherently base, you know, kind of literary about baseball or uh, Joe, do you want to take the first stab at this? I I agree. I think that it's both of those
2: things or all of those things. I think it is. It has become almost a cliche that quote unquote serious literary writers like the game of baseball as opposed to, you know, the macho crushing speed of football or hockey or that kind of thing. But I think there is something to the game that, that, uh, that draws that, I think, that, that attracts yeah. a writer. I, personally, I think that um, there is something a- about baseball that is I- crucial for, for anyone to appreciate or to recognize, and that is the patience that it takes to watch a game. And I, and I, I sort of equate that with the writing process, you know, the patience one needs to, to write, and to let things unfold. And I think there is something literary about the game in that way. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think it's de- it's paced. It's a writer's game yeah. in terms of pacing, yeah. which is what you're saying. I mean, I, I when I lived near the ballpark in, in in Chicago, and I used to go to the games regularly, I would bring a book sometimes, and I I could read between pitches. I was totally involved in the game, yeah, and I, I was also, I mean, yeah, no, I had my phone with yeah. me, right? I would t- I would text things in the book. I would write things in the margins. But yeah, I mean, it, and it's just something about the fact that it, it's again a lot of this stuff is cliche, so we're sort of embarrassed to say it, but the game really is between the pitches and all this stuff about speeding up the game totally misses the point. It's not about the pitches and the hits. It's about all the shit that happens between it and the tension and all that stuff like that. And that's literary. That's not, um, you know, what, what other art form is there? It's not painterly. Yeah.
2: Might be that too.
1: But let me, let me, um, I mean, this is
0: taking a turn toward baseball and away from writing a little bit and I think that's all right. Um, just, just some of the, Okay. The slow pace of it absolutely is. You can have a lot of conversations in between pitches and you can observations and writers love to talk and they, they love words and, and yeah, about the, the kind of patience. But I do kind of wonder if there are some ways that we can speed up the game a little bit. I mean, originally the game didn't have pitching changes, just didn't. Like the starting pitcher was also the closer like right. pretty much in every single they game a lot of good money then. for, yeah, right. They made, yeah, the minimum wage. Right, yeah. Um, and so I, I do wonder if maybe that, that patience thing could be speeded up without damaging the integrity of the game.
2: I will say that at when I'm at the park,
0: I love games to go on
2: forever, you know, cause you're watching people, you're drinking beer between innings or even during inning, you can the walk smells, around the concourse. Yeah, the smells. Stuff. You yeah. can – and and I, a game can't last long enough for me when yeah. I'm at the park. At home, it does get tiresome. Yeah. But the pitching changes. You switch the channel. Television, television yep. right. When you're, when you're watching on TV, you switch the channels. You're distracted yeah. as you are by watching television, and it can get very, very tiresome. Same
0: with the ump stuff.
2: Same with the ump stuff, I think.
0: Yeah. I totally don't care about, um, you know – Pitches like that are borderline pitches when i'm at the park but when i see that little square and it's like a crucial pitch and it's a three strikes and you're out or it's a three, four balls and it's a walk and a really heavy and you saw the other pitcher got that pitch or didn't get that pitch just the last inning and it drives me crazy and it ruins my sense of the whole game on tv
2: your guest is shaking his head
0: yeah, I know. I okay. Go ahead and
2: I, 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 I understand what you're saying, but everything you just complained about is what I love about baseball. Just that It's it, arbitrary. Well, but. it's a it's a game played by human beings. Yeah. So, yes, you're going to get a bad call your way, but so is the other team. Over 162 games, it's going to even out, basically. Now, I admit in the playoffs when the pressure is, is higher, it's, it's harder to take those borderline pitches or the pitcher that seems like a st- obvious strike, but it's not. But that's part of what I love about the game.
0: I, I, I would hate
2: to have a computer call balls and strikes.
0: Do you wish? Do you wish that they would just reverse the
1: instant replay rules and go back to? I was calls?
2: I was perfectly happy without it.
1: Yeah. But I think yeah, also what Kelly's talking about is the fact that you can see it differently. You see that square yeah, the, in the corner you know, and ju- right. So I mean, it, without that, and I think that's just like within the last couple of years that yeah. that was on every single pitch. Right that you know before the ump calls it, you know where it is. Yeah, but so some, but you're responding to that.
2: I'm sorry, there's some suggestion that that's not as accurate as it seems.
1: Also. Yeah, I agree with you, but...
0: Uh, and the Nate Silver people actually yeah. said that it trends like calling outside strikes or whatever, but, you know, it's. Uh, yeah, it's
1: I think it's, it's a pretty close. minor kind of quibble rather than... Uh, and it, Actually, the worst part about it is the fucking Fox sports. Like, the, watching the promos for the new Fox shows, they're so stupid, and... I think Fox is killing baseball, having Joe Buck on all the time. And, but you
2: know, but you, know yeah. you know, I can't stand Buck. But the funny thing is, and this is this is how life works. There are there are ten year olds. I mean, there, there there's a, a guy now who's in this. let so I say thirty. Who all he's known in his life is is Joe Buck calling games. Right. And so for him, Joe Buck's voice is going to be nostalgic for him of those when he was eleven or twelve or thirteen and just becoming a baseball fan. So it's going to really matter to him. So it doesn't matter so much what we think. It's it's what you know what? What you hear when you're yeah.
0: just becoming a fan, what what right. what you take for the rest we of your life. We talk
1: about that, like the voices that you hear. You probably you got something else to say, but oh, I
0: just wanted to. Uh, at least he's not Hawk Harrelson, you know. It's oh, just you. anybody, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay, I actually watch a lot of games on MLB, and I watch a lot of games that I'm not invested in in an emotional way in terms of one team over the other, and so actually I find myself being a connoisseur of a lot of different yeah. things, yeah. including announcers. Yeah. And one thing, I, uh, to me, a good announcer admits when his team got away with something or his team wow, fucked yeah. up on Set something. Down. Or the other team right. did a good thing. And then there's the partisans who are just like whine about every borderline pitch that goes against them and ignore every. And it's just like. It's just tiresome. It yeah. does. And and it's funny. The big legacy teams seem to have some of the better announcers because they don't seem as insecure. And by that, I mean the New York Yankees. Like, And I don't know about mm-hmm. their. Their yeah, their uh, baseball team okay. in uh, New York, somewhere best. in New York. The other team, not the. I think best. they're in Albany, um, but. Uh, Anaheim. They uh, <laughs> Anaheim. That was really painful f- to to for the so Angels really to move can't. away from Ana to, to call it the Los Angeles. I mean, they got lampooned for a long, long time, and every Angels fan was like, "Yeah, I get it. That was a sh- a really crass, bad move by the by the owner." But we don't like it, but you know, at some point You you grew up with the California Angels, right? Yeah.
2: Right? Yeah. And I mean I, I mean these are the Ebenezes, as I grew up on the East Coast and I loved the idea of the of this, this team representing the entire state like that.
0: The interesting thing about the Angels is that they were the first team in California. They were there before the Dodgers as right. a they were a minor, minor league, league team. team. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, and so they actually do have some claim to that but i mean it's you know when it comes to like sports teams claiming the whole the whole uh state that's just kind of funny really i mean the golden state warriors they're oakland right you know but yeah 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 that's a
1: region the midwest uh bears or something yeah yeah, yeah. that'd be good let's go to a baseball game yeah, should we uh Let's explain. Okay, so we're at the bar. We're looking across the parking lot at, uh, what is it called? River Bandit Stadium? No. It's called
0: Modern Woodman Stadium. Modern Woodman Stadium. It's a financial group, fraternal
1: I see. investing. Just
0: accept it, yeah. Only, it's 21st century.
1: I don't like it. Too much money in baseball. Yeah. Baseball should be. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm a Beloit Snappers fan. I'm not going to keep mentioning it, but that's a much better team than the— than the River Bandits, but let's go see whatever this whatever but they've they got. They have to be go. playing the team that's close to me which is the Kane County Cougars. So this is a, a yeah. c- confluence The Kane the County Cougars. Yeah. I don't know what that is. The Cougars? The Kane County Cougars. Cougars. Yep, right. yep, yep. All right, listeners, you go ahead and get yourself a Cracker that Jack. That means that are ladies, like middle-aged ladies that
0: are still sort of sexy. That's what the other team oh is. God.
1: And Yeah, this is gone. You won't even hear this. Gabe, cut this out. <laughs> Gabe doesn't even work for us anymore. He's going to be cutting yeah. this out. All right, um, we're going to walk over to the baseball game, and then we will see you in a minute. And I swear we're going to talk about writing. Hold on. I... It's killer. I feel yeah. bad now that I brought it up. Do we have enough time? Say it again. Do we have enough time is my question. Uh, Yeah, we do have enough time. At 33, the Whammer still enjoyed exceptional eyesight. He saw the ball spin off Roy's fingertips, and it reminded him of a white pigeon he had kept as a boy that he would send into flight by flipping it into the air. The ball flew at him, and he was conscious of its bird form and white flapping wings until it suddenly disappeared from view. He heard a noise like the bang of a firecracker at his feet, and Sam had the ball in his mitt. Unable to believe his ears, he heard Mercy? He heard Mercy intone tone a reluctant strike.
0: Sam flung off the glove and was wringing his hand. Hurt you, Sam, Roy called. No, it's this dang glove. Though he did not show it, the pitch had bothered the whammer to no end. Not just the speed of it, but the sensation of surprise and strangeness that went with it. Him batting here on the railroad tracks, the crazy carnival, the drunk catching, and a clown pitching, and that queer dame Harriet, who had five minutes ago been patting him on the back for his skill in the batting cage, now eyeing him coldly for letting one pitch go by. He noticed Max had
2: moved farther back. How the hell do you expect him to call them out there? He looks wild to me, Max moved in. Your knees are knocking, Sam tittered. Mind your business, Red Nose, Max said. Better watch your talk, mister, Rory called to mercy. Pitch at Greenhorn, warned the whammer. Sam crouched with his glove on. Do it again, Rory. Give him something similar. Do it again, mimicked the whammer. To the crowd, maybe to Harriet, he held up
1: a vaunting finger, showing there were other pitches to come. Roy pumped, reared, and flung. The ball appeared to the batter to be a slow spinning planet looming toward the earth. For a long light year, he waited for this globe to whirl into the orbit of his swing so he could bust it to smithereens that would settle with dust and dead leaves into some distant cosmos. At last, the unseeing eye, maybe a fortune teller's lit crystal ball, anyway, a curious combination of circles, drifted within range of his weapon, or so he thought, because he lunged at it ferociously, twisting around like a top. He landed on both knees as the world floated by over his head and hit with a whoop! into the cave of Sam's glove. Hey, Max, Sam said as he chased
0: the ball after it had bounced out of the glove. How do they pronounce Whammer if you leave out the W? Strike, Mercy called after a cheer. Was it a jeer? Had burst from the crowd. What's he throwing? The Whammer howled, spitters? In the pig's poop. Sam thrust the ball at him. It's drier than your granddaddy's scalp. I'm warning him not to try
2: any dirty business. Yet the whammer felt oddly relieved. He'd like to have his back crowding the wall when there was a single pitch to worry about and a single pitch to hit. Then the sweat began to leak out of his pores and as he stared at the hard, lanky figure of the pitiless pitcher, moving despite his years and a few waste motions, like a veteran undertaker of the diamond, and he experienced a moment of depression. Sam must have sensed it, because he discovered an unexpected pity in his heart, and even for a split second hoped the idol would not be tumbled, but only for a second, for the whammer had regained confidence in his known talent and experience and was taunting the greenhorn
1: to throw. Someone in the crowd hooted, and the whammer raised aloft two fat fingers and pointed where he would murder the ball where the gleaming rails converged on the horizon and beyond was invisible. Roy raised his leg. He smelled the whammer's blood and wanted it and threw him the worms he had with him for the way he had insulted Sam.
0: The third ball slithered at the batter like a meteor, the flame swallowing itself. He lifted his club to crush it into a universe of sparks, but the heavy wood dragged. And though he willed to destroy the sound, he heard a gong-bong and realized with sadness that the ball he had expected to hit had long since been part of the past. And though Max could not cough the fatal word out of his throat, the whammer understood he was, in the truest sense of it, out.
1: Excuse me, sir. Yeah, right Hi, my name's Dan Lemon. I hey, do a man. podcast. Uh, okay. We're doing one today on baseball okay. and literature. Sure. And uh, you own the, the... I do. Yeah. What, can, I, can I say your name? Oh, oh sorry.
0: Hi, welcome to Modern Park. Can we talk this, later? Yeah, no problem.
1: Thank you very much. Alec, I'm happy to talk to you. I just okay. This is what I do now. No problem. Give, give me like an hour. We'll right. see you walking around. Yeah. 7.30 right here. 7.30? Right here. All right, we'll see you. Thanks. podcast listeners you're listening to a heated debate between Joe and Kelly
2: but if you weren't but if you yeah. if, but if you're watching a game you're watching the players play you're also watching a player in a sense behind the plate he's a human being so if you accept an error on the part of the first
0: or second baseman you accept an error on the part of the home yeah but that that's just not you don't have to accept the error on the um, like you know what I mean I I mean you're saying that 1 equals the other and I don't think it is. I think that I'm not necessarily
2: saying that they equal, but I think they're they're parallel. I'm
0: not interested. I don't like it when the t- game becomes about the umps. And the I don't only either. times it becomes about the umps is when they miss a bad call
2: or or when they when they toss a manager and they follow him to his dugout, you know, to make sure yeah. he leaves. That's that's it becomes about them. I'm not I'm not into I'm that. I'm okay
0: with I don't want obviously I mean if you're going to do a slippery slope argument, you're going to say, "Well, why not just start replacing the players with robots and you'll have a robot third baseman and well, no. I, I don't want I that. I don't say say want that for the same reason. I don't want a
2: robot home No, but I want I'm my okay game with
1: the Obviously, the word is reprobate, but we'll let them go I on.
2: Like, yeah, man, it's i, I I'm, but, yeah. I'm not. That's the last thing in the world I want just is a like robot. Tennis, home. You
0: know? I, mean, I want a tennis, human didn't... being.
2: I want a human being calling balls and strikes. When one night he wants to get home to his wife, so he calls. You know, <laughs> uh, he calls wide strikes, or he calls. you know, have, you know what? Because he wants a, to get home. In because you know what? Over 162 games, it's gonna, it's gonna even out for both teams.
0: I agree with you in today's. America. If the open carry kind of thing, if I can shoot the ump, if I just really don't like, if it really is bad, he's
1: just joking. Podcast listeners, but let me just say this: it is the top of the third inning. The Cougars are up two to nothing. It's a beautiful day. We can see the ball, the field of play, as the young people call it. The Mississippi River is behind the outfield. Kelly and Joe are, uh, they've had a few beers. They already got a lot of armor on. They could easily
0: just like create, make it more body. Armor. It still we'll be back after
1: armor? this. We are in the uh, bottom of the third inning, and here's Kelly Daniels. All right. Here I am. That is ambient sound yes. that you're hearing.
0: Well, I'm going to talk about baseball haiku a little bit. Baseball has been big in Japan for since the 1930s. Many many decades. Yeah, believe it or not, and um, one of the main reasons why there's so much interest in baseball in the form of haiku, because traditionally haiku is a, one of its uh, one of its main. Uh, everybody's getting excited, I guess, because there's a you know sound system here, um, walk-up music. But basically one thing a haiku should do is uh, evoke the season uh. and the Japanese loved baseball as haiku because you knew that the season was summer and you could even talk about different times of baseball like the late summer early summer or even the empty stadium sure. you know that it's not summer oh, um, that's a cut. so anyway here's a here's a haiku it's um, by the way the whole like you know counting syllables thing. My understanding is that's yeah. not really yeah. what haiku's about. That's just like kind of a yeah sort of a cheap yeah it's a cheap kind of thing. It's yeah. it's usually an image that evokes the season. Sure. But anyway, here's one. You guys ready? Yes. Rookie's first hit, picked off first.
2: Yeah. Very nice. That's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. actually yeah. Nice. That was very apropos of what just happened in this game. Yeah, we just saw a, a, a hitter who was, who was, uh, who was pitch. hit by a pitch, and then within a few pitches was picked off on first. <laughs> the irony of baseball.
1: Yeah, yeah. Do you want to say what that book is, or like where?
0: You uh, the book is baseball haiku, the best haiku ever written about the game, and you know just something I got
1: on the. Are Amazon. they actual haikus, or are they just like things that announcers have said that? No, no. Oh, oh.
0: Oh, hometown yeah. home run, yeah. Joe grabs the audio. Uh, The
1: accounts and uh, whatever of this game, we do have written permission. Yes. Of uh, Is so he still alive. And, and if we don't, we'll edit as as needed. E- edit as necessary.
2: Yeah. yeah. That's beautiful.
1: Kelly says, "What book is a home run is hit?" There's a haiku. <laughs> <laughs> right. What is
0: the book? Um. Yeah, I did already. Um, I don't know. I think it's a big Oh it's Norton. Norton. They're pretty good. And no, it's not like announce like excerpts from announcers. It's uh it's the haiku. it's a long introduction about what haiku is and how it's a, and some base some uh, Japanese haiku and some American haiku. Jack Kerouac was uh, actually into writing haiku and uh, did some um, and he was a baseball stuff. Jack Kerouac was a uh,
2: big baseball fan. Yeah. Yeah. I believe he, he created his own sort of proto-stratomatic type ball game. Like a board game? Not right. a board game, but a desk you know desktop sort of game. Not desktop. Mid-century desktop, he, he as it were. Yeah. Hey, do you want to read I this know. one, yes. Joe? I would love to. This sure. is a
0: different angle on the, uh, high, on the uh, baseball haiku. I will need to pause, though, because...
1: Joe Cool Joe Bonomo is putting on his old man reading glasses.
2: Know, no, that's that's one way, way to put it.
1: He's now wearing Kelly's reading glasses. I'll hold it. We need to pause because I lost the page. You are enjoying the ambient sounds?
2: We're in
0: between innings, so it makes difference. sense. Well, I'm not going to say what
2: it is. Having an affair with his buddy's wife, the (laughs) DH. (laughs) It could say 1974 at the bottom. (laughs) (laughs) It's got a very Mark Grace feel to it.
1: (laughs) All right, well, it's the the top of the fourth. Are they getting ready? Should we come back in a couple innings? See how we're going? Close game. Very close game. To Two to one. Cougars to are up.
0: Yeah. Bandits have one. We'll be back.
1: We're in the bottom of the sixth inning now. It like is five to, to one. The 20 horrible 20 Kane 20 County 20 Cougars 20 are, 20 are ahead of the you do, but meritorious. Quad City River Bandits, and the boys are arguing about. Uh, well, what are you guys talking about now?
2: I, I'm arguing that. Uh, well, this is a great song by Run DMC. <laughs> uh, I'm arguing that Kelly Daniels wants a, a home plate umpire to be replaced by a computer with a chest protector, blinking lights, and all sorts of 21st century. You're arguing about what
0: I want. I am. right. you that? I want this. Yeah. Okay, preposition problem. I'm
2: arguing against what Kelly Daniels wants.
0: I, you know what? Straw man argument, man. I mean, I've never once said robot with a blinking chest protector. It sounds kind of cool. There's no
2: recording of that. Sounds
0: kind of cool. No, but I've never said it. i never said that's what I wanted. Um, I think that more of a, a kind of like floating like cyborg, like just like a hovering drone.
2: That's, that's a lot better.
0: And uh, that has lasers. <laughs> and that uh, just strikes dead players that do certain egregious things that we decide as a, as a baseball fan community has been too far. Right. You know, like the pitcher throws inside too many times. G- zap. Too many times? He's what does that mean? What does too many times mean? Um, he just, you know, we decide on it. It's like people. I'm for the well, people. If he throws in too many
2: times, that's four balls and he hits the first. No, no, I mean hitting the guys. Oh, I see. That's
0: what I'm saying. A pitcher is like getting revenge and just being too much, too that's, much of a that, headhunter.
2: That's, that, <laughs> that's a different issue, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. Like, But, uh, in conclusion, Joe's wrong.
2: That was good. See, I, I see what, what you missed was my
1: That's hilarious yeah. joke where I said you'd have Hell 9000 with the uh, chest protector saying, ball to Dave. All right, anyway, here are the sounds of the game.
0: got the Santana on yeah.
1: No, it's not between innings. You might want to. It's two out there. We just had a pitching kick. <laughs> now, listen, I've had a couple of beers. How many beers? Uh, I think two, each. On my maybe first. two or three. Yeah, each. yeah. I'm still on my first. This than this. All right. Here's the fr- here's the pitch. The windup. Oh, nice cut, buddy. Just way, missed that way, one. Way, way on. very, late. Very late. Yeah.
2: That was a ninety-one mile an hour fastball.
1: Let's hear your call. Right, Joe, looking dude. a little. No, I, I
2: will not call.
0: But Kelly, right, Kelly will. you give a call. Pitcher's looking a little stout.
1: Well, he, he changed. That's um, a new guy. You think he just yeah. put on a bunch of weight, but it's oh, actually a new pitcher. Oh, oh, oh I see. Yeah. Oh,
0: I see. It's a new pitcher. I thought that, you know, I thought that that was a little rapid weight gain, like 100 pounds. Um, this guy's, oh. guy's a right-hander, and he's throwing hard. 91. 91? That's not bad. That's I'm not, not sure i buy that, but yeah. For low a, I got that's super hard. Has has and uh, it's ball. Excuse me. Count is 1 and 2. Wind up. Here's the pitch. Felled it off the mask of the catcher who deserved it because he's really been playing poorly today.
1: I haven't seen a swing that
0: good since Carl Jaskrimski. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Silence is good but between pitches.
2: Yeah! Yes. A, more of a naturalistic uh, feel. But that's All right,
0: wind up. Here comes the pitch. Oh, off-speed stuff. He strikes him out. So easy. So easy for the big man. He looks a little bit like Prince Fielder, and maybe it is. Just tra- changing his,
1: his... I haven't followed him in the past couple of Princess years. Princess Fielder. All right. Oh, wait. Well, what is that? Oh, it's a Ford commercial. All right, we'll uh, be back. You
0: know what? We're actually
1: writers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: <We have> a- <laughs> We have a curious, uh, um, <laughs> <what it> <laughs> She's play a oh. All right, that's it. Okay.
1: And we'll be back over. later on.
0: It is the seventh I inning. Don't care if I ever get back it's and we are stretching. It
1: is, uh, five to one. Take it, Dan. Uh, For it's one, two, three strikes, I believe you're out. And the
0: old ball game.
1: You guys sang harmony. That was
0: awesome. Oh, yeah, man. We so
1: awesome. we should say, like... Hey. Um,
0: oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I was here one time, and they had a professional barbershop quartet, like, singing. And they did, like, the lyrics were... Um, root, root, root for the home team. <laughs> everybody booed. Yeah, or at guys, least everybody... Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. As it should be. Yeah. <laughs> right. That was
1: my thing. Um, yeah, I mean, do we, we... We might want to start thinking about wrapping it up. I mean, we're at the ball game. We're thinking about writing quite a bit. We you are got in
2: seven things stretch. I think we've... Uh, right, yeah.
1: Do you want to do the revision segment? <laughs>
2: um,
1: revision? I would revise that play at the plate... One inning ago, when the catcher dropped the ball and it rolled away, if I had to do it over again, I would have had him catch it and tag out the guy from Naperville. What about you,
0: Kelly? Um, I'm with you there, Dan. All right.
1: Yes. Mr. Bonomo? I, I, I approve.
0: we got to have – this is our second-to-last segment. We have to have a closing segment, okay. and that will be later. Okay.
1: Are we going to do it here, or are
0: we going to oh, – whatever. We'll figure it out. No, right. probably at the next venue. As the evening goes, yes. Is it a doubleheader? We're going to call that extra innings. Okay.
1: Stay tuned for extra innings on Personal Rejection Letter, special edition at the ball game with Joe Bonomo.
0: Hey, folks. Thanks for listening. Um, we're at the bar afterward at the Triple Crown Whiskey Bar and Raccoon Motel. Um, bandits lost, but you know what? We won. So thanks for listening.
1: Yeah, I guess we'll let the guests have the last word. Uh, thanks for listening. Just like Kelly said, we've had a good time. What's the name of this bar? The Triple Crown Whiskey Bar and Raccoon Motel in
0: Davenport, Iowa.
1: <laughs> you know what? You, you can't beat a night out at a ball game with a bunch of friends and uh, two hot dogs, four or five beers. And Kevin, uh, three strikes, you're out. Hey. That's it. All right. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs> Thanks for listening. See you guys. Thanks.
2: Thanks for having me. So long.
1: Thanks for being had. <laughs> All right. Ambient sound here. Special thanks to Augustana College and WOG Student Radio. Gabe Tucker is our audio engineer, and SubAtlantic provides the theme music. You can reach Dan and Kelly on Facebook. We always welcome comments, critiques, suggestions, and especially praise. Follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram. If you like what you hear, do a podcast a Solid and leave a
0: review on iTunes. See you next time.